Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Amen. Well, it's good to be here this morning. I also wanted to mention uh, something in regards to what is going on, what we're seeing in our country in our, that's happening with the hurricanes, uh, fires, all of these things. And I want to just bring our attention to something, uh, and it's always good because stuff like this, uh, I believe it's important to kind of pastor the people in the sense of people have questions about this. And I've heard all kinds of things in regards to this, that God's judgment and, and you know, people are getting what they deserve, or all from negative things all the way to, you know, they don't understand it. So uh, I always like to kind of look and find in, the, in Scripture some things that would help me understand these things as well. And I think Jesus does a good job of, of clarifying some things. And I believe these, the, the things that we're seeing, the hurricanes, fires, and things, really as what Jesus would express is, these are opportunities for people to get to know Christ. And so I wanted to read a, a couple of scriptures or a portion of scripture in Luke chapter 13. And this is where Jesus was uh, having conversation with some different people. And so... It basically, when you, when you look at it, well, I'll just go ahead and read Luke chapter 13, uh, starting in verse 1. It says, about this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. See, that we would think, that's horrible. How would God allow that? I mean, these were good people doing something, but yet they were murdered. And so Jesus, his question is, do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than the other people from Galilee? Jesus asked. In other words, did they do something that caused this? And he said, is that why they suffered? He said, not at all. And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And he goes on to say, what about the 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Again, innocent people dying. Something bad happened, and Jesus is referring to this. He said, were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? In other words, was it because of their sin, because they were bad, is that why they died? And he goes on to say, no. And I go on to tell you again, unless you repent, you will perish too. So he's using this as an opportunity to share the gospel, to say this is an opportunity for people to come together to point people to Christ for Christ's name to be glorified, for people to be drawn to him through disaster, through these types of things. So we have to be careful that how we look at these situations and don't be judgmental, because I think what happens a lot of times, we just take the Sodom and Gomorrah thing and we just stamp everything. Well, God just destroyed, he's doing this because. That, that, we can't do that, we can't take and be God in here, we can't be the judgmental in this. We look at this and say, okay, God's allowed this to happen but his name will be glorified through the process. Unfortunately, good people lose their life, and sinners lose their life, uh, and people who are saved lose their life, and we, that's not something that we can control per se, uh, but it's an opportunity, what Jesus said, it's a call to repentance for everyone in the sense of, so I, I just wanted to make sure that we are understanding of this, and that we're, we're careful and cautious of how we handle things like this, but Jesus does address it in, in, in the degree that he did here in this chapter. So I just wanted to throw that out 
just it's not part of my message today, but just to, to sort of uh, pastor the, 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 the moment at the time. And certainly we appreciate all of the people that have, uh, man, so many people have stepped up and, and you're seeing the thousands of people coming in to help and all the things that are going on and it's just, and the church is coming together and all these things. And that, that's when there's unity that comes in our nation and we're beginning to see some of that in the midst of disaster. So that's uh, what I wanted to say regarding that. I wanted to just continue. Last week, I just really felt like the Lord gave me a word in, in regards to a word. And there's the word that is spoken, and it's the power of a word. And we talked about that last week. And it really felt God was leading, saying, prepare your testimony. Prepare your testimony, because whatever's going on in your life, the enemy's trying to do something evil, but God has a better plan. And so through those things, begin to prepare your testimony. And I believe that we're going to see these, and I've already heard good reports of things that God is doing and, and so forth. And I just want to continue in that vein, the power of a word, the power of a seed as well. And so, Lord, I just pray the next few minutes as we spend just looking at your word, looking at some of the things that will help us as we walk through life, through the things that, that we don't necessarily uh, enjoy or, or the, even the times we do enjoy. We don't pick and choose things, but things are uh, just, they happen in our life. Life happens uh, to us. Uh, but God, we know one thing, that we're children of the Almighty God, and you are a protector. You go with us through every situation, and you are there in the storms of our life and every, everything that we uh, find ourselves in. You are there. You are Lord. And so we cling to you during these times. And we thank you, God, for who you are and you love us so much. In Jesus' name, amen. I was thinking about seeds. And a seed is in itself. Whatever's in the seed is what the seed is, right? So whatever it produces uh, if, if there's a seed of love and you plant that, it produces love. If it's a seed of anger and you plant that, it produces anger. Uh, if it's an apple seed and it, you plant it, it produces apples, right? So whatever is in the seed, that's what is produced in, in regards to that. And so understand, whatever the character is that is in the seed, whatever that is, it will be reproduced. And I was thinking about that in my own life, and I would ask you to think about that. So if you were right now today sown as a seed, if your life was sown as a seed, what kind of fruit or what kind of character would be reproduced when it, when it grows? Think, just think about that for a moment for yourself. What would be reproduced in your life if you were sown right now today? If you're not thrilled about what it is, then you have an opportunity to begin to change what that is based on what the word says about you, who you are, your character, those kinds of things. And we can make those adjustments so that we can say, you know what, I may not be perfect, but when I'm sown, I, I, I expect that there is the fruit of the spirit of some degree or that the character is there for that. And that's our heart and our desire to get there. And Jesus placed a great deal of em emphasis when we talked about last week uh, on the word of God. There's a lot of emphasis on the word. Amen. And so to hear, we read that word to hear 
the word to hear, uh, I believe that God means for it not only to understand it, but to do it. There, there's, there's a combination of, because when we hear, there's something that goes with that that produces the fruit. There's the hearing, not only the hearing, but the doing of whatever it is and obeying that. In James chapter 1, and starting in verse 22, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're all, you are fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and forget what you look like. For some of us, <laughs> we're thinking, that's okay, I don't mind forgetting what I look like. As we get older, we're like, hmm, I don't think I looked like that last week. But, you know, that's just the process of life for us. Verse 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And as James says here, that we are to be doers of the word, not just doers, not just, excuse me, not just hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. And we see that. Otherwise, we're just deceiving ourselves into thinking that we are following God's word when in reality, we're not. And I would say that doing is sowing. So when we're doing, we're sowing. There's seed going into the ground. And your words are seeds that are being sown. Whatever your words are, whatever you speak, there's power in our words. They will produce a harvest of whatever we sow, whatever we speak. There's a harvest that ends up coming from that. And I, and I say when we're, when we're talking with God and we're, we're praying, we don't want to pray uh, the problem to God. A lot of times we, we just like to say whatever our, our, our problem is. But I always like to look at it as I want to pray the answer. What God says, his promise is for me in that. I want to pray that. God, you said in your word, this is what you will do. We know our situation. He knows our situation. But we need to be praying the answer be, to be able to see that happen in our life. Amen? Amen. Words are containers. They hold what we speak. They, they contain what we speak. And so whatever it is, uh, they are going to produce a harvest. And so as we plant them, those are the things that happen. Um, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, in, in the sense of the power of a word, because there, there is um, uh, what you would call charged words. And, and you think about that. So if you tell somebody in just simple form, you know, if I said something to Peter in the front row that was positive charged word saying, Peter, man, I just love the fact that you're excited about God in your life and you're just a man of God. And those are charged words that would create an emotion that would be a positive thing. So that's a positive charge that you would receive from that. Now, if there was a negative charge and I told something, Peter, that was negative, and I won't say anything negative because I don't want that to happen, but it would be a negative charge. The emotion he would receive would be negative and what I would say would be a negative charge. So we have to be careful because our words, they, they contain a charge of some sort. It'll be a positive charge or a negative charge. And so... Uh, we have to be careful and understand that the impact that negative words have because we say it about ourselves. We'll just speak negatively about our situation. We find ourselves doing that, don't we? We just, you know, whatever that is, like, oh, that's all. I always screw up. Or I can never make that happen. Or that person will never do this. Or, you know, we just speak those things and it just kind of comes naturally. But we have to be careful of how we do that and that we aren't doing that in a way that creates a negative charge. 
Understand that our tongue doesn't necessarily stop a storm because we, we can speak to a storm. Jesus did that and it stopped. But sometimes the storms, if we just in the middle of something and we, we declare something and if it doesn't happen immediately, that doesn't necessarily mean negative or, or anything like that. So our, our tongue doesn't necessarily uh, stop a storm every time. But what we can say will determine where we go in that storm, what we speak and what we say. Because if you're going, if the storm's taking you a, a certain direction and you understand and believe God's word isn't that direction, pretty soon there's a, there's a directive change that happens because we're speaking into that storm. And so understanding that God allows those things to happen, and if it doesn't stop right when we want it to stop, let's understand that it, some, God's not done yet with whatever that is, and we have to allow him to do what he's doing and, and, and just trust him in that. The other thing is, is if, we, if every time we called out to God, every single time and, every, and at every instant he stopped everything, we would never know what it would be like to grow in our faith. We wouldn't know what it would be like to, to gain wisdom, understanding, knowledge, all these things, because he would just be our sugar daddy, right? But that's not what he wants for us, and that, that's not the relationship he wants. He wants us to really grow deep in our walk with him and be able to go through the storm and come out on the other end, not being swept away or buried under. So that, that's just the heart of God, and we need to understand that. Amen? When we become Christians, we must change the way we think. We, it's very critical. I've talked to many people, and they, in fact, I'm talking to this one person right now. They've just recently got saved. They don't have a clue yet of, they've never been exposed to Christianity. This person's asking me questions right now. And, but if they don't allow God to change the way they think, they can be taken off course pretty quickly. Because if you continue in that old way of thinking, then you're, the enemy's able to kind of recapture you in a sense. And so there, there's, a, there's a, something that must happen in our thought process. In Romans chapter uh, 2, 2 declares, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's hard to understand God's will when we're thinking totally opposite of what he's at, how he's asking us or wanting us to think. But when we begin to change our thinking and understand the principles of his word, all of a sudden we begin to go, aha. We get those aha moments and we understand God's will for us. Now in Luke chapter 17, verse five and six, Jesus was talking to his disciples and, and He's always, there's always teaching moments, right? He's always teaching them. He's always pouring into their life, and he's always asking questions. And so uh, when they ask questions, he does a good job of, of giving them a great answer. And so in Luke 17, 5 and 6, and Jesus said to his apostles, he, he, when, they, when they said to him, they, they said, give us more faith, Jesus. Give us more faith. And Jesus' response to them was, you don't need more faith, there is no more or less in faith. Faith is not in the seed. Faith is in planting the seed. So there's action required on our part. So it's not about 
more faith or less faith. It's actually just doing whatever it is. So planting a seed is, in effect, releasing our faith, and we begin to see whatever that is. Speaking a word of faith is, is planting a seed, and then it comes into action. Faith works like a seed. When you plant it, or you plant it by speaking it. And so we need to be really careful at what words we're speaking so that we know what we're planting, so that we know what kind of fruit is coming from the planting. Faith comes by hearing. We know that, right? But guess what? Fear comes by hearing also. I just think, a lot of times I just think like simple. Because what creates fear? We hear something that creates fear, right? We experience something. And and so it's no different. So we understand faith comes by hearing, but fear comes by hearing also. So, you know, what voice are you listening to? So that's the question. What voice are you listening to? If you pray one thing, but say another, you can, in a sense, nullify that prayer because we could be in our prayer closet in our room or whatever, and we're praying, oh, God, do this, do this, and God, I trust you for this, and then we go out and have a conversation with somebody and say, man, I just don't, I just don't think this is going to come through. But you're, you're, you're speaking something different than what you're praying. You need to speak the same thing that you're praying to ask God for when you're talking to people. Don't let somebody else bring you down and say, oh, no, your, your expectations are too high. You need to be more realistic. I've heard people say that. You need to be more realistic. Well, I just, I'm just saying what the Word says. So that's realistic to me, and it, and it should be to, to you as well. And it's interesting that a person that says, I can do something, and a person, there's another person that says, I can't do something, they're both right. Because if that's what they're producing, they're right, right? So why not be the one that says, I can do things, I can do all things through Christ that gives me the strength, Amen. instead of saying, I can't do this. We need to be those that are speaking, I can do this. Because whatever it is, you're right either way, but let's, why not be right on the side of, with the scripture? We need to stop talking ourselves out of our inheritance. So many times we just, we get into that negative funk so many times. Um, we all know that there's power in the name of Jesus and we draw power in his name. We know also that God magnifies his word above his own name. And, and David talks about that in Psalm 138 too. And David said, you have magnified your word even above your own name. So his word, there's something powerful about a word. And as I mentioned last week, when, Jesus, when God spoke the word, let there be light, why did he speak it when there was nobody there that hurt to hear it? He spoke it because there's power in a word. When it was released and it was spoken. That's the power of a word, understanding that. We must set a watch over our mouths. Determined to speak only things that agree with God's word. We, we need to set ourselves in a place that we're setting ourselves up for success in our life. Good. That is good. In a few minutes, uh, we're gonna go through some things that will um, see what God's word says about important issues in our lives because we all have questions, right? And we all have those, but I believe that there are scriptures 
that answer our questions. And so if we can get in the habit of declaring God's word over the questions we have about our life, that speaks volumes and that speaks power. And it releases power and we begin to plant seed and we begin to see our faith begin to see our faith come into action and we see it moving forward. There's a understanding, man, we're living in what if you want to call them the last days or we're living in perilous times. We're, there's things, we're seeing so much going on right now and there's so much deception, there's so much untruths, there's so much thing that can be very confusing to all of us. And so if, if we're not grounded in the word and if we're not digging deep in the word for ourselves personally, you hear some things Sunday, but that you should not live your life based on just on what you're getting on Sunday. You, you need, this is like going, like going out to dinner or something, but you need to be feeding yourself. You, you wouldn't do that with natural food. You wouldn't just eat once a week with natural food, right? And you would do it every day. And, and, and that's what gets your sustenance. And so that's what we need to make sure that we're doing every day is feeding ourselves the word. You need to be grounded in the word so that when these winds of, and storms come and the lies and the untruths and all the deception comes, we, we can say, no, that's not truth because I know the word says this. So it's important that we understand that Amen. as we live our life and apply those portions of scripture to our life. And the Bible is clear on what is truth for our lives. It's very clear when we begin to look at it. Understanding to this that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, which is training and discipline, in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So many things in there we don't like. <laughs> Reproof, correction. That doesn't always feel good, but that's what Scripture is for. It's to help us. It's to keep us in balance. And there's times we need to be corrected. And, and praise God that he does that. You know why he does it? Because he loves us. Why do parents correct their children? Because they love them. See, when we're kids, we don't think our parents really love us that much or don't understand because they don't let us do those bad things. It's like... You should let me do that. I want to do that. But they correct us. And children are being corrected because you're loved so much. It's to help prepare you for your future. And God is the same way with us. And we can't be thoroughly equipped unless we've been through some stuff, right? I mean, we, we don't really understand what full equipping is until we need to be fully equipped. It's, it's the armor of God that we put on that we understand why we have that. Why does... Why is that talked about in the Bible? It doesn't say, if this happens. It says, when this happens, you're going to be fully equipped with the armor. And so if we put that on and make sure that we have that on, we go into battle and we can deal with the things of the enemy. There's a scripture in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, that as David's talking about saying, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and leads me along the path of everlasting life. I think if we get in that place like David and we, we I guess, speak it, head, kind of head it off in the past and say, Lord, just each day, Lord, search me. 
Make sure that I'm living right. Make sure I'm making good decisions. Make sure that I, my life is in order with what you're doing. And show me those things. Lead me in the path of righteousness. It's important for us, and, and he will do that for us. I believe a regular checkup, in this sense, regularly getting a checkup. When you go to the doctor, and I know some of us don't like doing that, but we do. We get a checkup, and we find out kind of where we're at physically or emotionally, whatever that may be. And so, but it, a regular checkup spiritually can help us because there are so many things that come, uh, come against us, and so it can affect our spiritual growth. Um, some things that can affect um, our, our, even our prayers because of what the outside influence is a different thing, our attitude a lot of times. How about relationships, forgiveness, um, uh, just thoughts that we have, anxiety, um, decisions that we're making, our health. All of these things can feed into how uh, uh, they affect, our prayers can be affected. And so we want to give those things to the Lord because the enemy just wants to inundate us with stuff and we all deal with these things, but if we can somehow say, God, I may be challenged in this area, but I, I know what your word says. This is not something that, you know, whether it's a sickness or disease or you're suffering from some, something, whatever it is, God, we know this isn't from you. And so we, God, I, I just pray your word over this situation. God, whatever you're, you're wanting to do in my life, I just, I want you to do it, God. So I can, I, can, I can live my life uh, pleasing to you. I, I know a lot of times we pray things um, maybe because we don't realize that there's an answer already for that. I, I know something that my dad's always said and kind of taught me and he said in this church before. He said, when there's a verse, we don't need a voice. Sometimes we're asking God for things he's already given us answers to, and they're in his word. You know, God, should I do this, or is it okay to do this? But he's already made it clear in his word, yes or no, whatever that might be. So sometimes we're praying things that we don't necessarily need to hear from him, but we need to go to his word and see what his word says in regards to that. So when there's a verse, we don't need a voice. Praying about something that God would just point back to his word and say, hey, I've put it in there for you. Um, you're asking me for something that I've already given you an answer to. So it, this is just part of maturing in, in, in our walk with Christ. And so, and sometimes we pray, God, you're apparently not hearing me because you're not answering my prayer. You know, I, I've done that before. But just because our prayer is an answer doesn't mean he's not hearing us. He hears us. He definitely hears us. But his answer may be different to ours. And, and so... Um, in that regard, we base our hearing or on our, our, we base him hearing us whether or not our prayer's been answered, and that's not that's not true. He hears us. He hears us. We know that. And and in John um, John ten twenty seven says, "My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me." We know his voice. We need to know his voice if we don't because there's other voices that may be speaking to us. Make sure we're listening to the right voice because the enemy loves to chirp in our ear. And uh, it's interesting because so many times we're more apt to hear what the enemy is speaking to us and repeat that versus what God is speaking to us. 
It's, you know what? It happens that way. It's like, you know, we have this defeated already verbiage that we bring because the enemy's telling us these things. Somehow we hear him pretty well. But we should be also, we should be hearing God more than we hear the enemy. And why declare what the enemy is saying? We should be declaring what God says. You know, that, that's really where we're at and where we need to be. We want God's promises to be manifested in our life, not the devil's beating us up, those kind of things that he tells us. That's not what we want to see manifested in our life. And so um, the seed is in the promise itself, but it must be planted. The seed must be planted. <laughs> and don't tell God what the devil said, because a lot of times, but God, you don't understand this. This is what's going on. This is what the enemy's doing to me. We need to tell the devil what God said. So many times we're telling God what the devil's telling us. We need to tell the devil what God said, okay? I know this is simple, but sometimes we have to be reminded of these things. <laughs> when you quote the word of God, you're, you can't lie. It, it's nothing but truth. The devil does nothing but lies. But when we're quoting the word of God and what God says about our situation, um, we're, 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 we're speaking truth. Nothing but truth. So, what does God's word say about some of the things that we deal with in our lives? And I want to finish with this this morning. And I just want to start putting these up for you to see. By the way, um, we started something last week and we'll continue uh, posting just some bullet points from the notes from the sermons in various uh, media formats that we have here. And so we're going to be doing that. And so these, these will be posted as well, so you don't have to frantically write down, but we'll make sure these get to you. Um, but these are just some things that I put together that are questions or statements or comments just from common Christians that have these things. First, I'm just going to go through these fairly quickly, and we're going to conclude this morning. But first one, God, I just don't think I can do this. How many have said that? What is Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah. So there's always going to be an answer for your question or your statement. There's always the word has something. The enemy seems to come at me from every direction. Right? I've said that. Isaiah 59.19. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I'm telling you, when we start speaking this stuff, when we have these thoughts, there's power in the word. God, I just can't fight this battle on my own. Deuteronomy 23 and 4. Do not be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Do not lose heart or panic or tremble before them. For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies and he will give you victory. See? God, I'm fearful right now and what might happen in my situation. Yeah, fear, right? We, we go through those things. Seven Tim, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Where does the spirit of fear come from? From the enemy. It doesn't come from God. He's clarifying that, okay? How about, God, people are speaking lies about me, and it seems like I'm being judged a lot by them. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment shall be con 
shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. God, it seems like the devil is overpowering me. 1 John 4, 4 says, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. God, I'm asking you just to help me survive this situation. Ephesians 3.20. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. God, you already know my need, so just take care of it. Mark 11.24 says, Therefore I say to you, whatever thing you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. We need to pray it, believe it. And 1 John 5, 14, 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now we're to pray will of God prayers, right? If it's his will and we're praying it, guess what? He hears it. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. God, I'm just not sure how to deal with my kids. <laughs> Most of us have said that. James 1, 5, and 6 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave in the sea is blown and tossed by the wind. Ask for wisdom, and he'll give it. God, my joy and peace are gone. <coughs> Been there? Romans 5.13 says, God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the word of God. God, I guess I'll just have to live with this disease. James 5, 15 and 16 says, And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Get others to join in with you in prayer. And that's what we're doing. And actually going into our 21 days and our focus, a lot of it, because I, I just have this strong sense of belief that there's miracles that are going to be released to you, to me, to this church. And there are people we've been praying for. And we have to believe there are miracles that need to be released, that will be released in the lives of these people that are in our church right now who are suffering in body, or they're suffering emotionally, whatever the situation is. Our God is a God that will heal. We have to believe that. And we have to believe it. And we, but are we willing to pay the price to, to spend the time to, to seek him with all of our heart, confess whatever the things we need to confess, but the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Make sure our worship team goes ahead and come up here. We're almost done here. God, I didn't think I could make a difference in others' lives. I'm not gifted at anything. 1 Peter 4, 10, 11 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. 
Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it in all the strength and energy that God supplies, that everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We found that the word of God is powerful. The word of God is powerful, and there's multiplication power that's found in, uh, simply found in a seed. In the seed. Plant the seed. Plant the seed. Speak the word. Begin to see how God will unfold his promise, his answer, whatever that is. We have to believe that. We have to release our faith and have that together and working. And be intent on sowing seed that God has given us so that we can produce a great harvest of blessing. The harvest, the answers that come. There's, there's success, there's prosperity, there's health, there's, there's all of these things that he has promised for us. And we want to grab a hold of those because his word says what his word says. Amen? And we're going to declare those. We, we are going to declare his word. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, go home, find whatever it is that your challenge is. You find a scripture, if it's not on this list, you find a scripture or scriptures that line up with whatever that is. You write them out, print them out on a computer, whatever you got to do, and start putting them up in your house. Put it, put it somewhere where you're going to see it and start speaking that. And, and talk to your friends and say, you know what, I, will you pray with me? Will you speak this with me? And we begin to see the power of God at work because his word is powerful when it's spoken. When you get up in the morning and you're getting ready for work or whatever you're going to do, start speaking those things out. We're going we're gonna to put some things into practice for this uh, period of time that we can create these, I believe, to be good habits. But we're going to see transformation happen because we're going we're, we're to do what the Word says. And testimonies are going to start pouring in. I believe that when we're, when we're obedient to His Word and, and faithful in that, and discouragement will come. But we have scriptures for that. All these things, you know, you, well, you might say, well, I've, done, I've tried that before. It didn't work. His word is still true. And it doesn't change. God, he, he's a God that doesn't change. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to be dismissed this morning. We're going to sing a song. And if you're here today, you're certainly more than welcome to come to up to the front and if you want to um, if you have a burden or something you're carrying you want to give to the Lord um, whatever your situation is God is faithful he's faithful in that Lord I thank you I thank you so much for your word the power of your word Lord so many times we Maybe we think your word or we, ref- we ponder it from time to time, but we don't necessarily speak your word. Or we hear it, but maybe we're not doing it. God, work in each one of us to bring us to that point that it's just a daily habit that we have to speak your word, speak your word, speak your word. And we plant the seed, the seed of faith that will grow. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's sing together thank you for listening to city life church podcast 